right, Pastor Steve has a wonderful message for us tonight, so let's hand the service over to him now. Well, good evening, Cornerstone Church. Those of you that may not attend Cornerstone, and maybe some of you don't even attend church at all, I'd like to welcome you to our Wednesday night service. We had some wonderful worship, and now for the Word of God, uh, I've got something for you that uh, I, I began last week in a, in a Bible uh, a Bible study, just a short Bible study, and I ended that study with the statement that we're in the perfect will of God when we're becoming more and more like Jesus. And so uh, I'm just going to develop it a little bit further in the, in this message for you, and I trust that uh, you'll be blessed by it, and, and uh, it'll help you to grow and become more like Christ. That's what God wants us to do. Amen? All right, so it's based, uh, this, uh, this title is, uh, the title of our message tonight is Crawling or Flying. Crawling or Flying. Uh, flying. And it's based out of Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Let me read that scripture to you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, in the Christian life, we find that growth and change will only come when we cooperate with the Lord. Uh, you know, if we don't want to become a Christian, we won't become a Christian. If we don't want to become more like Jesus, we won't become more like Jesus. It's, God's given us a free will. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Salvation comes as a gift from God. It's not of anything that we do. It's all from God. Uh, that's one of the mercies that Paul mentions there in verse 1. Considering the mercies of God, how God has been so good to us that our response is to worship him and give him all we have, to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, although we make a conscious decision uh, when we're asking the Lord to save us, it is his divine favor that brings us to that decision. Calvinists call it irresistible grace. Irresistible grace. God chose us before the foundation of the world. And he chose us to be adopted as his sons and daughters. The Holy Spirit, at the chosen time, set forth by God the Father, begins to draw our hearts through circumstances, through things in life that happen to us. He gives us a mindset to open up our hearts and minds to the Word of God. The Lord even gives us the faith required to believe the Word and to make a decision to follow Jesus. It's all from God. It's all from God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And God gives us the faith to hear the Word and change our minds about Jesus. It's at that moment in time when we are changed, transformed into new creations. But we aren't instantly like Jesus. That's just the beginning of the process of becoming like the Son of God. We're changed immediately. We're made right with God. We're clean in His sight. That trans transaction is done instantly and completely. But then there's a 
process we call sanctification that will go on the rest of our Christian life. Uh, I don't want to offend you, but uh, let me honestly say that uh, you've got a long way to go to become like Jesus, and so do I. Okay, We've all got a long way to go. But the fundamental change has taken place when God pronounces you righteous and clean in his sight. With that said, as an introduction, I want to discuss transformation. The Greek word in which the New Testament was written is called metamorphosis. You've heard of that, metamorphosis. I want to now take a look at an illustration for you. It's called the tiger swallowtail butterfly. Now you see this first picture. Doesn't look much like a butterfly, does it? And in fact, that's the rear end of this caterpillar. Uh, God gives him this protective, uh, it's an amazing, it looks like eyes and, and, and uh, nostrils or something there. But that's the back end. His head is way up over here, actually. And uh, he's eating green leaves and stuff like that, so he turns green. And he crawls along with those little tiny legs. He doesn't get too far, but he eats a lot. And then the second stage, you got another picture here, that uh, it's siesta time. He's eaten, he's grown as big as he's going to grow. And so he spins himself what we call a cocoon. And this is the cocoon right here. And that larva, that caterpillar, is inside there. Now, it takes a number of days and sometimes even after the whole winter uh, for this transformation, this metamorphosis from the caterpillar to the butterfly to take place. But then, after this change takes place, the metamorphosis, we get the butterfly. This is a yellow swallowtail butterfly. I took this picture in my garden uh, in June and uh, just thought it was just a, a gorgeous creature. God's creatures are amazing. You know, uh, I've seen some, some creatures in the Amazon jungle that, uh, you know, I got those pictures too. You know, look me up sometime and I'll show them to you. They're, they're just incredible. God, our, we, we serve an amazing, amazing God. And just think, he created you and me too. He created you just the way he wants you. He created you with a, a will and a mind. And the human creation is at the apex of all God's creation. Uh, you know, so keep that in mind. God loves you. He created you. So transformation has taken place. And this butterfly now, instead of crawling, he's free to fly. He's free to fly. And he'll fly and float for the rest of his life. Our spiritual metamorphosis is similar. When Jesus cleanses us, we are changed into new creatures. That's what the Bible says. New creations. All things become new. The old things have passed away. Our DNA is the same. And we may look the same. And our personality may be the same. As we were in the old creature. But we should look and act different. We should. If you're not different after the metamorphosis. Like from the caterpillar, the crawler, to the butterfly, the flyer. Then you got to check and see, did a metamorphosis really occur? And so we examine ourselves to make sure that happens. If it's not happening, you got to go back to the Lord and say, hey, uh, it didn't take. I really sincerely want to get saved. So, Lord, come into my heart and save me. And he will. It's, 
it is God who transforms us in the pupil stage of life. Just like he changes the caterpillar into the butterfly. Although it takes time for that to happen with butterflies, it happens in an instant. In an instant with our spiritual rebirth. And although our spirit is made alive in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, our souls need to follow suit. You know, we develop bad habits over all those years. You know, uh, you ever see a baby? Um, you ever have to teach a baby to be bad? Uh, the first word, I think, out of many babies' mouths, maybe, maybe it's mama or dada, uh, but likely it's no. And then soon after, my favorite, mine. Mine, you know. Uh, selfishness uh, comes with a baby right out of the womb. And, uh, you know, you don't have to teach a baby to be bad. You need to teach them to be good. And so, uh, you know, our bad habits that we develop all through life until we come to Christ, those things stick with us and we have to purposely change them. Allow the Spirit of God to change our hearts, change our minds, change our desires, and we'll become more like Jesus. So, after we're saved by grace through faith, it's time to fly. And we don't have to crawl anymore. Have you been transformed? Are you flying or are you still crawling? That's my question to you today. You know, it'd be really odd to see a butterfly crawling. I don't think I've ever seen a butterfly crawl. So why do Christians crawl when they've been equipped to fly? Isn't that another good question? Why do we stay down here crawling around when we are equipped to fly? Why? Why do we do that? Now verse 2 in, in, our, in our passage in Romans says that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And this is the process, like I mentioned earlier, it's sanctification. So we have a different mindset. We serve a different master. Our desires change and spiritual growth occurs. So God will change us, but we've got to cooperate with him. Let me give you three ways now to cooperate with God. It begins, number one, by beholding the Lord. Beholding the Lord. We've got to look upon him. We've got to appreciate him for who he is. We've got to spend time with him. If we do that, we'll become more like him. Now, just this last Sunday, Minister Aaron, a young man, a young minister in our church, gave us a great message. And he was talking about how, uh, as a little guy... He would follow his daddy around. He's the oldest of, of four children. And he'd watch his dad, who's a fisherman, uh, take his reels apart and put them back together and all this stuff. And he'd just observe his dad and watch how his dad built things and fixed things and did all. And you know, when Aaron got older, he started to do the same things as his dad was doing. He caught that. He just caught that, and it, it became part of him. He became like his father. It's, it's a natural thing. And so he, by watching his dad, became like his dad. And that's why we need to look unto Jesus. That's why we've got to behold the Lord. Um, psalm 27, I got two verses out of my favorite psalm. 27.4 and 27.8. Uh, let me read that to you. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life 
to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And then verse 8 says, When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. You see, the psalmist made a commitment to seek after God, to chase after God. He wanted more of God. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to know God. And so he made a commitment in his heart to do just that. He had this mindset that he is going to seek out the Lord. And we need to do the same thing if we want to become like our Heavenly Father. God is beautiful. Look upon him. Get to know him. Read his word and pray. And you will be changed. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 tells us this, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, that's maybe a little bit hard to understand. If you read the previous verses, it'll clarify it a little bit. But I like this out of the Passion Translation, so I'll read that to you. Same verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil... We all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured, transformed, that metamorphosis, into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So, number one, behold the Lord. Number two, If you want to become more like the Lord and have him to change you, stay humble. You know, you don't know it all and you haven't arrived. If the Apostle Paul said that late in his ministry, that he has not apprehended, then I know I haven't and I know you haven't either. Sorry to hurt your feelings, but that's just the truth. Uh, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's what James wrote in his epistle. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The Lord can work with those who admit their utter need for his help. He wants to help. He wants us to become more like Jesus. You know, Jesus says he walked the earth. He rebuked the religious leaders for their prideful attitudes and their arrogance. He ministered to and healed those who confessed their needs. Because the other ones were too proud and thought that they were They were the greatest. They didn't need any help from God. Of course, they didn't uh, recognize Jesus as God, so that was a big problem too. So stay humble. So first of all, behold the Lord and stay humble. Number three, faithfully attend a Bible-based church and make Christian friends. Faithfully attend. Now, I'm going to get in your case a little bit more today. Uh, Faithfully attending church does not mean Easter and Christmas. It does not mean once every month or two. It does not mean every third week. It means when the church doors are open for service, you're there because you hunger for the Lord and you want to be taught the word of God. Again, uh, you can get mad at me if you want, but that's okay. That's, you know, God says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And so I've got scripture to back me up. Uh, Nearly 25 years ago, Pastor Forstoff, I remember this clearly. It was in the other part of the building, this beautiful sanctuary wasn't even built yet and I was working at GM and I uh, as a pipe fitter and I had lots of overtime offered to me 
the money was great. And so I worked seven days a week. And uh, uh, then, you know, I couldn't attend on Sundays. So I think Pastor Tim saw the, the potential in me, and he knew there was a calling on my life and, and stuff. And uh, he approached me in the hallway one day and says, So, uh, so Steve, uh, is uh, working Sundays helping you in your spiritual growth? And it was like a dagger shot into my heart. And uh, it was a word right straight from the Lord. And so, you know what? I, I contemplated that. I, it made me uneasy. It, uh, it was a word from God for me. And I knew that I had to wean myself off of Sundays and all that double time and all that extra money. And, of course, there's all kinds of worries and concerns about that. How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to do that? Well, you know what? I made a decision and started attending church and stopped working overtime on Sundays. And guess what? I never missed that overtime. God took care of me. God took care of me. He honored my decision and he blessed me because I made a decision that was based upon his word and based upon my pastor's recommendation. You know, you, you go to a church because of a few things here. You need to be held accountable. You need to keep company with like-minded people. And you need to be encouraged in your faith. Being faithful will involve sacrifice, like my Sundays. I promise you that God will honor and bless your sacrifice. Maybe you got to put away those golf clubs and play on another day. Maybe you got to keep the boat on the trailer. You know, maybe you got to get up early again instead of sleeping in. I don't know what your sacrifice is, but I tell you, if you make that sacrifice, God will meet you right there, and he'll bless you for it. So I encourage you to prioritize your relationship with Jesus who gave his life for you? He died for you. Are you giving him the glory he deserves? Are you worshiping him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? You know, toward the end of his life, the Apostle John was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. That's Sunday. And he was where he wanted to be. The Apostle John loved Christ. He walked with him while he was on the earth. And he was probably one of the last apostles to die. And he was in church, or in the Spirit, on the Lord's Day. He was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, so I don't think there were too many churches there. But I tell you what, he had a church by himself. And if that's necessary, you can do that too. He saw things unimaginable while he was worshiping God. He was given an awesome, wonderful revelation of Jesus Christ. He was told to write these things down. And this is how we got the book of Revelation. And I can just imagine John now seeing things so amazing and wonderful and marvelous. And, you know, how can words, human words, even describe it? I'm sure he struggled to write, but he did the best he could. And this is how we got that wonderful book of Revelation. It tells us about heaven. It tells us about Jesus. It tells us about the afterlife. It tells us about all the beautiful things that are laying in store for us who have given our hearts to him. Now, I hope that all of us seize the opportunities that we have. We live in a nation that gives us the right to freely worship God. Take advantage of that. I know that, uh, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic, and it's a little difficult, and if you're uh, concerned about uh, the safety of 
of uh, coming to church and gathering together at this time, I understand, and I know God will give you grace for that. Uh, and uh, But, you know, when it's back to the usual thing, I hope to see you in church regularly. That's the place where you'll grow. That's the place where you'll receive things from God. He won't let you down when you come and worship with his people. He'll transform you and he'll help you. He'll grow you and bless you. If you're still crawling, he'll give you wings to fly. He'll bring you to your full potential. Indeed, the Bible says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. That's in the book of Philippians chapter 4. So the Bible says we can do this. Let's fly together. That's, that's, my, that's my invitation to you. Fly with me. And let's become more like Jesus together. It's a lot more fun when we do things together. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you. Lord, I want to pray for those that may not know you. That they're still the caterpillar. That they haven't uh, had that spiritual metamorphosis yet. And I pray for them. And if that's you, just say this. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Change me. Adopt me as your son or daughter. Make me more like Christ. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I promise I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And then for the rest of you, that maybe you've made a profession of Christ, but uh, it hasn't really, you don't see yourself becoming a butterfly. You're not flying, you're crawling. Well, you can pray that prayer too. Lord, fill me up. I'm sorry that... uh, I'm not flying. I'm still crawling. I want to reach my full potential in Christ. Come into my heart and and make that possible by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, I hope that that message was a blessing to you. I know it was a little bit hard. Uh, You know, I, I I was a little hard on you there, but you know what? I'm hard on myself, too, because I know that uh, I can do better and I can reach my full potential if I cooperate with God. So at this time, uh, we'll, we'll conclude by worshiping the Lord. God bless you.